After I dropped out of school and I had to start paying rent at home because my parents didn't approve of my dream, I used to live in a small house with seven other immigrants. That's the kind of environment that I was in and I was trying to build business out of. I would always try to use net time, no extra time for learning. I couldn't speak to people, I couldn't express myself. By googling how to be happy, I got introduced to the world of self-help. Putting yourself into the position to be found, that's where the turning point started. We all have something that we want to do, but we are just scared usually. Welcome to the Nomad Solopreneur Show, the only podcast where you learn actionable tips that you can apply right away on how to build and grow a one-person business while traveling the world. I'm your host, Gabe Marushka, and every Thursday, solopreneurs and nomads will share their inspiring stories while I will challenge them to build solutions to real-life problems that freelancers are facing on the road to freedom. Today, I have the pleasure to welcome Ondra Nemcic, a digital nomaded personal development coach on a mission to create a healthy relationship between humanity and technology. Hey, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So happy to see you after almost, I think, yeah, one month we met again, last yeah. time. Where are you taking this call from today? From Chiang Mai, Thailand, actually, where we met. Man, I miss that place. That community there is amazing. Met so many interesting people like yourself. Thank you. Meetups here are absolutely incredible. Every Sunday there's the brunch and hikes. Just like we met on a hike, I'm still doing them here. Amazing. Happy to hear that. I'm calling from Vietnam in Da Nang. And speaking of traveling, can you tell a bit about your journey? When did you start traveling? I started traveling as a nomad full time in April last year when I quit my last job and started just focusing on my remote work and on my business. Back then, for a few months, I still had an apartment for a couple of months in Amsterdam. So I would travel for a month and then come back to the apartment, spend some time there and then travel again and then come back again. And after September, I left the apartment completely and started traveling full time. And in November, booked a one-way ticket to Asia. And, uh, since then, I've been in Thailand and then I went to Cambodia and then I'm back in Thailand for now. And in, in about two weeks, I am going to Vietnam. And after Vietnam, I'm planning to go to Indonesia and then Cambodia and after Cambodia, Singapore and then fly back to Europe for the summer. In summer, explore Eastern Europe, Romania, probably Bulgaria and spend some time in Slovenia. But I like to say that I like to plan ahead, have at least a little bit of an idea of where I want to go and what I want to do. But plans change very quickly. So it's a loose plan, right? I don't know, maybe something's going to pop up in Vietnam or something's going to happen in Indonesia or Cambodia again. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to come back or something. The last time I was in Cambodia, this opportunity showed up and I wasn't planning to go back there. But now because this opportunity showed up to collaborate with the company there, I'm going back in April to film some courses about social anxiety and social media and stuff. So you never know when you're traveling when you're living this lifestyle you never know what's gonna happen so leave some space to have some spontaneity i love that uh, way of planning having this flexibility to be able to not just have a rigid plan book tickets months in advance and accommodation and so on it's always better because you never know what opportunity as you mentioned can arise and happy that we'll intersect again after two times first in chiang mai and after that in bangkok we'll intersect again in vietnam and speaking of countries where are you from originally I'm from Czech Republic. That's cool. And I understand that you had an apartment in Amsterdam, so you moved to Amsterdam and there was your starting point. How did you arrive at this conclusion that you want to travel as a digital nomad? What inspired you to? When I was about 19, now it's three years ago, I first discovered digital nomads and travel vlogs and people traveling all time and making videos and more specifically van life, the kind of digital nomad life when you're living out of a van and taking your home with you everywhere you go and that just inspired me and really fell in love with all the videos all the terror videos but also with the idea of having this kind of lifestyle and i decided that no matter what it's going to take and that's the kind of life that i'm going to build for myself and that's what i want to do for the next couple of years ever since then all of my focus went into how can I make this happen? How can I do this? How can I build this kind of life? What do I need to do? I started doing lots and lots of research, lots of learning. But I was already used to learning online for a long time. So I was very familiar with just 
not relying on school and on the typical educational systems for information and for something that I can apply in my own life right now to get to a goal that I'm trying to accomplish. So I started learning from other entrepreneurs and just trying to look for people who already live this kind of lifestyle and learn. And I was lucky to find a lot of people and connect to a lot of people and start learning from them. And most importantly, started taking actions as well and doing all these things and started creating content and building this business, creating some courses about personal growth already and stuff. And how I found myself in Amsterdam is the end goal is build an online business and travel the world. So and I was living in Czech Republic, making three and a half euros an hour by loading trucks, right? So when the opportunity to move to Amsterdam and work at the airport there showed up, it was basically just an agency that takes people from Romania, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Poland, and they give us the job and the living space to live in Amsterdam or somewhere close by and work at the airport. As a low-level immigrant job, it's the lowest, pay, like the minimum wage as well. But compared to what I was making in Czech Republic, it was much more. And there's much better opportunities in Amsterdam. You have connections, you have business people that you can talk to, experience life outside of my own country as well on a bigger scale and longer time. So for me, even though the money was great, the more money and stuff, for me, it was an opportunity to move closer towards this goal of being a digital nomad. It wasn't that it's going to take me to that goal directly, but I knew that it was going to take me closer. So that was why I took the step to, to leave my home country and start working in Amsterdam. And it took me like a year of working at the airport. I am building the business on the side before I was able to quit the airport job. So in, in total, it was like a year working in the Czech Republic, working on the business. And then after a year, I moved to the Netherlands, another year of working in the Netherlands and working on the business on the side. And then I was able to quit my job. So it took me about two years from the first decision to that's what I'm going to do and Googling how to make money online to quitting my job and actually doing it. Wow, that, that's quite a journey. And especially when you go out of your comfort zone to leave your home country and basically going between strangers and start a job abroad. What challenges did you face when you arrived in Amsterdam? So it was, it sounds like a, an amazing opportunity from the outside and from their advertising, from the agency, how they advertise. For a lot of people, it sounds like, oh my God, this amazing opportunity. But obviously there's, it's not, nothing is perfect. This place specifically. We knew that we were going to have a job and we knew that we were going to have a place to live, but no details, absolutely no details. We didn't know where we're going to live or what the job is going to be, how exactly it's going to be paid or how much help we're going to have there or how much it's going to be independent. And so there was a lot of uncertainty, like you say, a lot of discomfort, which you always have to go to some discomfort if you want to make progress. But the language barrier wasn't really a big issue because the Netherlands and more specifically Amsterdam and around Amsterdam, they have amazing English. I was using mostly English, didn't really need to learn Dutch. But the biggest challenge was definitely the living space. The living space, I used to live in a small house with seven other people, seven other immigrants. And this house had four rooms and the rooms were about two by two meters which means, and for two people, right? So they were, in the room, there was one bed and a second bed and absolutely nothing else. So I lived there for about nine months, this house with seven other immigrants. And all my stuff was just under the bed because I didn't even have a closet. There was like absolutely no privacy. There was no way to, to have phone calls or video calls in the room because there was always someone there. But I needed to build a coaching business and continue doing videos and stuff while I was there. So I would, to make my videos, I would just always go outside and make videos outside. And when I was teaching a class or making a video, I would take like a little corner of the living room and put my table there because there was no space in the, in my room to put a table. So I had this little corner in the living room. And I remember quite clearly one of the days when I was like teaching a class and it was live class. I think it was about dealing with like how to use social media in a more healthy way or something something like that and then a couple guys who were living in the room just came in with a bunch of beers and sat in the living room and started drinking and like burping and being super loud and i'm there like sitting in the corner like trying to focus and concentrate on the class 
so that was definitely like a, a big challenge to and like also that kind of weird anxiety fear judgments of other people because i was the only one in the house who was trying to do something more trying to build something bigger right most of these people were just drink beer every day smoke weed every day because it's the netherlands or legal weed so when people hear oh i'm gonna work in the amsterdam in amsterdam what they imagine most people and why they go there is because i'm gonna have a lot of money because oh my god it's a rich country and i'm going to have fun every day smoke weed and drink alcohol every day so that's the kind of environment that i was in and that i was trying to build business out of while like having all these crazy people around i have some really crazy stories from what happened in the house we used to call it the psycho house because the people were a little bit crazy i remember some drunk nights when the other like other people's drunk nights when chairs were flying around and, and broken doors broken windows a lot of mess a lot of mess so that was definitely a huge challenge the living space itself and another part of the challenge was obviously the job right a lot of changing shifts. Probably the biggest challenge of the job was changing shifts. Sometimes it was a morning shift. Sometimes it was an afternoon shift. Sometimes it was a night shift, right? So I, I would go for a shift that started at 6 a.m. and ended at 3 p.m. And the next day, I would have an afternoon shift that started at 3 p.m. and ended at midnight. So within one day, the, your schedule completely changes. A lot of discomfort while working this kind of shifts and all of it changing. And while I've been building a business on the side, definitely wasn't easy, definitely a lot of challenges. But it's a great story now to look back at because um, now as I coach people as well, when I help people deal with excuses and problems, I can refer to my own story because I've been through all of this shit and I could have all the excuses possible to like why it's not working, why I cannot make it happen, why it cannot work. But I still did it. So really happy to go through all these challenges because my story is a proof of it doesn't matter what kind of a situation you're in or like where you find yourself. You can always find ways to get like courage and strength and discipline to move forward, whatever's going on. And it wasn't perfect, right? That's something that I want to mention as well. I wasn't perfect. There was days when I was just like, I went through my videos to like tell that kind of story, at least like a little bit. And there's a lot of videos from a year ago when I was still working there, when I'm like, just completely feel super tired like i, I want to quit everything i have no idea what i'm going what i'm doing i have no idea what i'm going to do next week and how i'm going to survive I, i'm just so tired and i want to quit you know like there was a lot of moments like that but pushed through and now i'm on a podcast making it from thailand and networking with digital nomads living living the amazing life that i used to dream of from the first moment i met you on that hike in thailand I was looking at you, I was like, wow, this guy is amazing. He's so young and in the same time, he has this vision on life that I don't encounter in much more older people. And I always told everyone, like, age is just a number because your experiences and the things that you went through can build a totally different person from someone that lived a more comfortable life and they went through few hardships and from those that they really put on the effort and they work out, work through their journey to arrive at a certain point in life when they actually become the person they want to become. And I want to make a disclosure here. Actually, an invitation on an Instagram live from Ondra inspired me to start this podcast because I enjoyed it so much. I was like, wow, I can see myself doing this like every single week. So it was the, one of the pillars oh, yeah, of go. starting this. So thank you so much for that. And for all of those in, <laughs> enjoying this podcast, you have to thank Kondra. You mentioned that you work a lot to manage to build a side hustle with these ever-changing shifts, ever-changing environments and so on. How do you manage to actually balance and to stay focused on your ultimate goal in order to achieve this? Great question. From the first time that I started this, I, w I even back in Czech Republic, I had bad shifts, afternoon mornings and afternoon shifts, working a lot, working lots and lots of hours, especially after I dropped out of school and I had to start paying rent at home because my parents didn't approve of 
my dream. They weren't happy about any of what I was trying to do. So they were like, if you're actually going to go for this, you're going to have to start paying rent and you're going to have to pay for your own food. We're not going to support you on this because we don't approve. So I had to work a lot. It was like 70 plus hours a week working at a load by loading trucks, crazy stuff. So while I was working like crazy hours just to survive and make something happen, I, I knew I needed to find a way that's going to be as easy as possible for me to be, become better as a speaker, become better as a coach, become better as a, as a business person. So I found out that I can go live and that eliminates like all of the editing work and all of the, you just go live, you share something and that's it. So um, I started with a challenge. I challenged myself to go live every day for 90 days. And I had two goals for the live. Share one part of my life, something that I was going through, right? I had a crazy life back then, working a lot. And share like a personal growth or like a confidence or like a mindset insight that I was just learning, right? I did a lot of learning. I listened to books, oh, like so many books and so many seminars and podcasts. So what I learned and what I found really cool, and I think, okay, I want to apply this to my life. And I think it's going to be valuable to other people to know as well. So I would la- I would share that on the live. And that eliminated all of the editing work and made it really simple. And a lot of the days I have 10 minutes before, before shifts or something between shifts and running into on, or on my commute. So I would just pick up my phone, go live on Facebook and go do the live. And that would be like my task for my business for the whole day, right? Because I couldn't do anything else. I was working the rest of the day. But while I was at work, I would always try to use what is called net time, no extra time for learning. So I would listen to audiobooks, I would listen to podcasts while working. And I, I was lucky, I guess you can say, that I had jobs where I could do that and I could have one either one headphone, like one earbud in or headphones in general to listen to podcasts and books to learn. I was just trying to be as resourceful as possible. That's the thing. Be as resourceful as you can and figure out a way. And to me, for me, it ended up being learning by listening to things and doing these lives as a way to grow my audience and become better as a speaker. Obviously, there was days when I had more time, right? I had a few days off because it w- wouldn't be sustainable. So on, on days off, I would not have a day off completely. I would have my day off from work was a business day, right? So that's when I would network and that's where I would send messages to people and learn and build websites and set up the basics. But on on, a, on my day-to-day life, my, my thinking was, how can I implement building this business into my routine? So it's, it becomes more of an automatic. It becomes like just like one of the normal habits. And uh, going live every day turned out to be the perfect thing for it. And I would recommend everybody who's starting to create content or wants to get into the digital nomad space or anything like this. Just challenge yourself to go live every single day for 90 days. And for me, it ended up being not 90 days. It ended up being about 270 days with just a couple of days in between. And of course, I missed a couple of days and it wasn't perfect, but I would always come back to it and just be really committed to finish the 90 days. And that, that's what really kickstarted it. And that, later down the line, I think it was the second one or might have been the third one already when someone who's been watching the videos was really inspired and he reached out to me and he said, I want to support you and I'm going to invest into your education and I'm going to sponsor you and sponsor your business because he saw how committed I was. He saw how passionate I was. And he saw, he said, I saw myself in you, but 10 years ago. And that's where the turning point started. And it was the first time where I was like, after a year of almost a year of doing videos and like really hustling and just basically no outcome, like no returns, just a few people telling me, yes, keep going. Thank you for helping me. But I had no money from it. And I was just draining myself more and more. And then one day it's just out of nowhere. This guy is just, I'm going to support your business. I'm going to give you not an investment or not a loan, just like a sponsor thing. And again, it's like putting yourself into the position to be found or other people can see what you're doing and they can 
decide to be a part of it. That's the thing. If we don't open ourselves to opportunities, no one can see us. And that challenge to going live, even that it was out of your comfort zone, you didn't have the perfect environment and all those excuses that some people come up with, you just show up every single day and stay consistent and the opportunity arise. And that's the beauty about showing off every single day. And another super smart thing that I heard from you is that you find ways to learn because the main excuses of people is, man, I don't have time. Like I have a full-time job that I need to show up at. And after that, I commute for two hours a day. And I was like, man, you commute for two hours a day. That's two hours in which you can learn. You can listen to a podcast or something and or an audio book, like you, you said. And these type of excuses are just that excuses because in reality, you have time. And if you want to escape, I don't know, the rat race or the nine to five or whatever life you are currently living, if we find that one hour a day to work on ourselves as you did or to work on a side hustle or start something new or learn something new, it's almost impossible to not in one or two years to build something that, yes, will overcome your primary source of income and be able to quit and go full-time into that. We need to ditch excuses aside and just start learning. We're living the probably best life uh, like on planet Earth in terms of information. We have everything. You can access everything, but you need to commit to that. And speaking of technology, because I know that you brand yourself, and I love that, robo-humanist. So can you talk a bit more about that and how you help others have a healthier relationship between humans and technology? I guess the first thing that I want to say here is technology is advancing and it's going to stay here whether we like it or not and it's going to get more and more persuasive. So it is up to us and Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, like they, they don't have an interest to change for the benefit of humanity. No, they just want to make money. They have a business model that's working this way and they want to make more money. So they're going to keep doing this. Maybe there's going to be some regulations, which would be great, but we all need to have like personal responsibility and like we all have the power to control how we use our time. And I'm referring mostly to social media and like social media addiction. And I found out that through studies and through all this like loneliness and anxiety and depression that's on the rise right now, especially for younger generation, my generation and younger generations, Tech, the technology and being connected to social media is a big cause of that, or not just specifically cause, but it's like increasing it. And I'm, as I'm looking into it deeper, I can describe it as the technology is taking us away and creating a barrier between human for our humanity. So by staying connected to the technology only, we lose touch with our humanity and we lose touch with each other. We lose touch with nature which is really important to us as humans, right? Humans are, first of all, emotional creatures and we are social creatures. We need to have deep connections with each other. And the way we are, we think we are connected to the world right now through technology and social media is just not efficient. Like it's not the way to go. We need those deep connections with our own humanity. So that's where kind of the, um, the idea of creating a healthy relationship between humanity and technology comes from. Because I realized that by even, I look even as a big city, big city is a, is basically a piece of technology as well, right? It's invented by, by, by people to like have better goals and be more productive. And it's great. Like living in a city is great. Don't get me wrong. But you talk to people who never leave the city and they feel lonely. They feel anxious. They feel depressed. Right. Because they, they are not in touch with the humanity. There's only concrete jungle. There's no trees. There's no nature. And really, it's, it really is affecting us in a very negative and bad way. Yet at the same time, I do believe, and I actually know from experience that we can create that healthier relationship. And I want to focus specifically on social media because more and more people are being aware of this and becoming, oh shit, like I'm addicted to social media and what can I do about it? And a lot of people just remove social media completely, which is a temporary solution, but it's not the best solution. And it's like, you're, if you're deleting and completely denying to be on social media, you're cutting yourself off from these amazing opportunities, for example, to be a nomad, right? To create a dream life and even to have influence over 
to inspire people by creating and sharing your stories, creating content, sharing your stories. So I don't think that cutting off and going away from social media is the way to go. And from my own experience, I found out, found a way to heal my social anxiety and to heal and deal with my depression by using technology and social media. So by almost an accident or by being in a very bad situation with specific conditions back when I was younger, I'm still very young, but this was nine years ago already, right? So I used to have very bad social anxiety. I used to get bullied in school. I couldn't speak to people. I couldn't express myself. I was very shy and I felt lost in life. I felt meaningless. And I remember thinking one day after like a bad day of being bullied in school, I was like in a very deep emotional low and I went home and I was crying. I just out of desperation, just picked up my phone and Googled how to be happy because I realized that I either change something about my life right now or sooner or later, I'm going to probably end up killing myself. And that, to be honest, like that scared me. Like I, I hated myself, but at the same time, like I didn't want to kill myself. I knew I wanted to live. So by Googling how to be happy, I got introduced to the world of self-help I got, and personal growth. I got introduced to self-education. And I mentioned earlier, I was already used to learning online and from other people, not just from school. There was this moment by Googling how to be happy that I got introduced to all these things. Combined with that really deep negative emotion, I need to change something right now or I'm going to end up bad. That drove me to use it, to use the information and make sure that I'm applying it to my life, not just learning it. It ended up being like the solution to my problems being ended up being building confidence because I used to be very shy. I was socially anxious. So I remember specifically in one of the articles that I read about how to be happy, one of the steps was to be confident. And that was my problem, right? I was like, okay, I found the big problem. What do I do now? Next Google search, how to be confident. Slowly after a while, I started waking up at 5 a.m. and going for a run in the mornings to build strength in like mm, myself, like physical strength and mental strength as well. And while I was learning about all these things, I found social media communities and groups on Facebook and forums where people were talking about social anxiety and were talking about depression, helping each other out. So while at a big scale, social media is causing social anxiety and it's causing depression. And we can, say, we can see why. Definitely one thing that I recommend everybody to watch is a documentary called The Social Dilemma. It discusses this issue super, super well. And you, we can see how it's causing it. But I was able to find this little bubble, this little piece of social media, of this little piece of internet, of technology, where instead of getting deeper and deeper into depression and into anxiety, I was able to get out of it by using those tools, right? So then I realized these are things that people need to know. And I really wanted to help people use these things, use these tools as tools instead of letting social media just use them to use social media in a more healthy way. And instead of causing the social anxiety and depression, use it to get out of it and i know this is possible because i've been again i've been through the journey i've done that by the way i was raised and a little bit of luck and specific circumstances that allowed me to discover this world this little bubble of this little piece of this social media and of the internet that is really healthy and really helpful and after a while i was able to start using it even more to create create my dream lifestyle and i'm doing that by making content about personal growth and by making content about confidence, helping people deal with these issues. So I've, I really found a way to heal myself through using it in a healthy way and also found a way to help other people while living an amazing life for myself and contributing to, to society, which makes me like really fulfilled and really happy. So it's almost like a miracle. It's almost like a miracle. When I first, I remember very clearly when I first discovered that there is a business model that I can make money online and live my dream life and quite frankly, make a lot of money as you grow the business and as you go into passive incomes and building communities and stuff like this, you can have a really wonderful life. 
and but you're doing that by helping people like my brain back then like even couldn't understand it couldn't believe it because i was raised in a society and in a family where the rich people and the people who have a lot of money the business owners they are the bad people in their eyes because they have the money because they're taking advantage of us poor people that's the mentality of it so now i'm learning online about helping people and making money by helping people and my brain was like wait what this is possible are you serious how no couldn't believe it at first and then you start digging deep into it deeper and learning how it actually works and how it can work in your life as well and it, it, it all turns out to be true i remember growing basically in the same type of society oh they made a lot of money for sure they do something illegally or they take advantage of others or something like that when in reality there are exceptions for sure that are doing that but in reality majority of them are doing but solving problems and so happy and confidence in humanity it's meeting people like you that are actually able to change their mindset even that for probably more than half of their life they were in different scenario and different surrounded by those kind of voices that were constantly ch chatting about totally different and unhealthy things and take control of your life and speaking of control and this journey that you take i want to challenge you to come up with some kind of framework of step-by-step -step process in which to help our listener build something will be around this topic of using social media and technology to create a better life for ourselves you know that that there is a lot of noise there how you avoid that how will be a step-by-step -step process to arrive at the core at the healthy information and start using it in your advantage if for example you are a person that is wanting to learn something new or is wanting to change their life for the better what will be your recommendation in step by step of achieving that without getting into the rabbit hole absolutely when it comes to specifically using social media in a better way i already mentioned the documentary called social dilemma it is produced by a center for humane technology it's really well done and it gives you a lot of the information that you need to like understand how social media works and what's the business model behind it and what is the actual problem and how they're using your psychology against you to get you addicted so you can spend more time on it because that's how they'd make the money. Watching the social dilemma like as a specific action that you can do, I definitely recommend as one of the first steps. But if I like in general, what is the, what the first step is to learn, become aware of, okay, what is it? How does it work? why is it free what are they getting out of me why that's a big question right why is it free because we are used to that nothing in the world is free right but then there's, there's these social media apps that are free why and and the social dilemma can answer this question very well i'm i'm not going to get into a lot of detail into that because it's, it's, it would be a long 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 topic so to go watch that so that would be step number one and step number two is to really start looking out for how you use it and pay more attention to how much time you spend on it like really go to your phone go to your settings and there's screen on time and you can look at how much time you spend on these apps and a lot of the times we spend a lot more time on them than we think you would if you go around asking people how much time a day do you think you spend on instagram people say like maybe hour and a half and then it can turn out to be four up to upwards of three four hours and people don't even know because that's how that's how it works you get sucked into it so much so take back start taking back some of the awareness how are you using it are you and how often are you using it and the awareness of this and just by listening to me these are great steps that you're already taking just by being interested in this step number 3 i like i always tell people there's two ways of you can, of you can how you can use social media there is a passive way and there is an active way and the passive way is when you're just scrolling, just being stuck in the scroll all the time. And most passive users, they never even comment, never even like anything. They literally just consume the information and just consume the content. That's one of the worst things that you can do. Obviously, if you have, you, you can use it for entertainment for an hour a day. And when you schedule a specific time, I'm going to 
I want to consume some content on social media. That's completely fine. Where it starts to become an issue is when you're spending way more time than you intended on it. When it starts getting into your work life and into breaking up, breaking your focus. Or even worse, it starts to interrupt your social life. You see, when you're hanging out with someone, you're on a dinner or something, and then all of a sudden they just pull out their phone and start scrolling instead of talking to people, instead of the connection. And that's a clear example of what I already said. It's taking you away from humanity and it's creating a barrier between you and being in touch in, with humanity and you're more connected to technology. So again, become aware of that and even talk with your friends about this and tell them, hey, if I'm, talk if I'm hanging out with you and I'm talking to you guys and I, I pull out my phone because it's, it, for a lot of us, it's just an unconscious habit at this point. Just you, for some reason, you have an impulse to pull out your phone. Even sometimes you get a notification. Sometimes there's not even a notification, but we just, I'm sure that you've probably done it. I know that I catch myself a lot of the times just pulling out my phone for no reason at all and, and to end up scrolling. So tell your friends, hey, let's do a challenge. And every time we're hanging out together and we want to talk and be with each other and we pull out our phone, hey, let's call each other out and like to put it away, to break that kind of habit. Use, have the conversations with friends. So that, that, that is one thing that, that to also be aware of. Don't be just a passive user and watch out of when you're actually using it. Is it taking you away from, huma from your humanity and from being connected to other people or from your work or from something? A lot of the times you're going to find out that the answer is, right? I'm, I know that it's, I'm de it's definitely the case in my life and I'm focusing on this. I'm trying to improve. I'm, but I still get caught in it, right? It's, it is, a practice they really did made they really did a great job of using our psychology and how to get us addicted they know right they know what they were doing when they built these apps in this way so again it's a lot of building awareness right so that's the passive way of just scrolling and consuming the content but there's also an active way of using social media and this is where you actually participate more and you really pay attention to the content that you're consuming and you leave meaningful comments, right? If there's a creator that you really resonate with their message, leave a meaningful comment. And you, that way you can even connect to them, connect with them and start building relationships, start building, create, start creating relationships. Another way, to, another thing, how you can use social media actively is to reach out to people. Go, for example, my favorite place to do this is Facebook groups. Go on Facebook groups and reach out to people who are in the same Facebook group that you are in because they have the same interests already. And that way you actually meet people and you build relationships. And there's a lot of nomad groups, for example, where you can do this, right? And the nomad groups are a great example of this, how there's a lot of nomad communities on social media that we can use to connect to each other and build those relationships and then meet up in real life, right? So this, th these are some of the steps to becoming more of an active user is become really aware and watch out for how you're using it and be honest with yourself. If you're using it passively, if you're addicted, like really be honest with yourself. I'm addicted with this to this and I need to change something about it. I need to do something about it. So honesty and awareness is the first step. Second step, start commenting more, start being more engaged, start reaching out to people and building those relationships, connecting to people. And the next step would be to start creating your own content and use it for self-expression and for sharing your ideas and opinions or sharing your creative gift. We all have something that we want to do, but we are just scared usually. It's the fear of rejection or fear of being judged why we don't post anything, why we don't express our art or our music or our stories. Uh, and we hold ourselves back because we feel we're going to get judged by the whole world, like the whole world is on, on these platforms. So make a point of overcoming this fear and stepping outside of your comfort zone again, and share some content and share messages, share your art, so use it for self-expression. And again, by creating content, you can build relationships. Because if you put out a story, a real life story, for example, and it connects to some people, they comment on your story and you can connect with those because you, you now have a thing in common, you know, the story that now connected you and you can start a conversation and don't just start a conversation in chat. That's a great start. But if you really vibe with that person, 
Take it to the next level. Ask them to have a video call with you. Ask them to get on the phone call and build the relationship that way. And, and then the next final step is to take it offline because it cannot replace real human connection, even video calls. It's not the same as hanging out in person. It's, it really is not. Like even doing this work, I can have a few, I can have days where I have gone maybe two or three days when I'm, I t talk to so many people, but it's only online meetings. And at the end of the three days, I feel lonely. I'm like, I've been, I have made so many connections and I have so many calls with people, but I feel lonely still because it's not the same. It's not the real human connection when it's through a screen. So then you have to go out and make friends in the real world as well, obviously. So take it offline and to wrap it all up. I want to tell a, a a story of how I did, how I met a person like this and we had ended up having the most amazing experience and we are still very good friends. Back when I started to build this business and started making content and posting my stories in Facebook groups, I was looking to connect with people who had same goals, same dreams, build, a, build an online business, have a travel lifestyle, make the world a better place in some way, contribute somehow. And I was looking for young people like me, right? And there are people like that online. I didn't have any people like that around me in my city because I lived in a tiny town in Czech Republic, but I knew that they are out there. And one of these guys that I met, his name is Luca. He's from Slovenia. And we connected very really well. We started just chatting on messages. After maybe two days, we were like, hey, let's get on a call and let's have a deeper conversation. We hop on a video call. We have an amazing maybe two-hour conversation. We connect really well. And... After a while, we decided that, hey, like, we want to do this more. So we ended up setting up a call to have and to call, to have a call every week, every Friday and just catch up and help each other maybe problem solve and move forward with our businesses. And then after a few weeks, we got on board another friend that I met also in a Facebook group. So it ended up being three of us of meeting every Friday for a mastermind call and like a brainstorming session to help each other with businesses. Right. We all met on social media and we created this separate, our own group and we meet every single week and help each other, which was absolutely wonderful by itself. But because we started to really know each other week to week, we now trusted each other and we knew that we are great people and that we're going to probably have a great relationship in, if we meet in, in real life as well. So after maybe a year of having friendships with these people, back then I was living in Amsterdam and Luca was in Slovenia and I just, I was thinking about moving to Canada and that just gave me like a last kind of impulse. Okay. If I would move to Canada for a year, it's going to be a long time before I actually can meet Luca in person, right? Because I knew, wanted to meet him. So I just randomly sent him a message and like, Hey, what are you doing in three weeks? He's like, I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to graduate school. I, I think that was like a time I'm going to be graduating school. So I'm going to have some free, I'm going to have a free time and just working on my business. I'm like, perfect. I'm booking a ticket. I'm booking a plane ticket to fly to your country and spend a week. It's like, yes, you can stay at my house and we're going to, we're going to have a, have an amazing week. Three weeks go later, go by, I fly to a different country. This was the first time where I flew to a different country to meet someone that I knew from social media. And we ended up having one of the most amazing weeks of my life. I was staying in his house with his family. We had some family dinners and we went on so many adventures and he showed me around his country. We drove with his car, like in so many like places around Slovenia. We explored a lot of the country in a week and just had a fantastic time. And this would have never happened if I said social media is not good for me and I'm going to remove it and I'm just going to stay disconnected. So that's like a story to, I guess, help you be inspired and think of it as it, you can use it in a really positive and healthy way and make amazing friendships. It's quite a story indeed. And I love how you wrap up the challenge with this story. How a day in your digital nomad life looks like? A typical day starts at 5 a.m. when I wake up and I go for a run. I'm not very strict anymore about my, my morning routine. It's just something that I do. It's just became a part of my identity. I just, that's who I am. I wake up early and go for a run, pay attention to some meditations and I do some journaling. That's usually how my day starts. Recommend to everybody start the day in a, with a good morning routine, especially business owners. Creates a lot of stability in a very unstable life. 
And then in the morning I work. Usually in the morning I do some writing. I'm working on my book about all the, you know, what we're talking about here. So in the mornings I do some writing and then I have coaching calls. I work usually, well, most of my clients at this point are from the US. So the, t- the 12 hour difference in the time zone works out perfectly for traveling in Asia because I do, we, we have our calls in the mornings and after that they go to sleep because they come from nine to five. I wake up, we have the call and I have the rest of the day to explore and make content. So the morning is spent working, either writing and having calls and having meetings. And then the afternoon, I usually go outside. It depends. Sometimes I have a lot of meetings throughout all of the day, but sometimes I usually go outside, meet people in real life as well. Sometimes I do free hugs. Sometimes I, yesterday I just had an idea to create a new sign and just say on the sign, I'm looking for new friends or something like that. And I'm going to test that out later. Just stand on a corner and say, I'm looking for friends. Because I'm a big fan of meeting people on social media, but I'm also still a big fan of meeting people in real life. I didn't share that story, but the way I overcame my social anxiety is I started introducing myself to girls on the bus when I was on my way to school. I do that as well, connect with people and other travelers. And making videos, editing videos towards the end. Sometimes I watch movies, sometimes we play some games. And that's usually how it goes these days. And it depends if it's a work day or sometimes because as a business owner, I have my own schedule. Every day can be very different, especially if it's a hike day, then there's no meetings, there's no work and just go for a hike right away. And then it's mostly like a content day, right? Because as we're hiking, I like documenting my journey. So I'm going to record a lot of it. That's nice. And I want you, I wanted you to share this because usually there's this misconception about digital nomadies that you travel all the time. There, in order to live this lifestyle, we need to work as well. We need to have a stable source of income to sustain this lifestyle. And it's not like just getting lucky arriving here. Ondra went through a lot of challenges to arrive at this point. And speaking of work, can you share a bit more about your work and how can people work with you if they want? And who are those that you want to help? I really want to focus on people who do struggle with confidence and some form of social anxiety. There's different levels of social anxiety. There's people who cannot go outside of their house. And then there's people who feel like they cannot make so make videos but they can operate in on a normal life it's all like spectrum of social anxiety but what i really help people with is build confidence and our my ideal clients and the people that i love to work with are people who feel that they are something more that they want to do they want to build a business they want to impact the world by sharing their gift by sharing their stories by and to, that they want to help me on my mission to help build a healthy relationship with technology and social media and we do that with my clients we do that by being more real on social media so changing the perspective of only sharing the highlights to sharing more of a real life um and the struggle more it's like something things that are relatable to people instead of just pretending that we have this perfect life that's used to be nowadays it's i already can see it changing i already feel it changing but still there's a lot of influences a lot of people especially in the travel digital nomad space when they just pretend that this travel lifestyle is perfect and that's why people have this idea of oh i'm always traveling just always it's all amazing and there's no problems right that's not true so i want to work with people like the, who are like committed to making a change in this and be real about uh, about social media and at the same time they're creative people and want to share their gifts but what's holding them back is that fear of rejection that fear of being judged and sometimes people don't know what, what exactly to do and they need to have that support and guidance along the way to make the specific steps so they don't waste the time of trying to figure it out why would you waste three years of trying to figure it out if you can learn win three months or six months from someone who's been through the journey and who can guide you specifically. So the, the, those are the people that I work with. And where they can find you online? Okay, you can go to my website. It's called robohumanistacademy.com or find me on all the social media just by looking up robohumanist. 
I believe even if you Google robo-humanist and all of my profiles is going to come up, it's a word that I invented. So there is nobody else out there. It's going to be me. And you can either send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook, or if you go to my website and there's a, there's a link to my calendar where you can book a call directly and we can have a chat. I'll put the links anyway in the show notes. To wrap up, I would like you this time to come up with a challenge for our listeners that they can apply in less than 24 hours. It should be a short but meaningful challenge for them in order to fix social anxiety. What's that one thing they can do? I'm going to give two challenges for two kinds of people. Because, like I said, there's a level of social anxiety. If you are someone who doesn't know how to get out of their house and is anxious to even go speak to someone in the shop, right? I wouldn't recommend to go out there and do free hugs, for example, and put yourself in, because that's going to cause more of anxiety and not help you really. But, so if you are very socially anxious, start by building confidence and that you can do that by a confidence building habit. Confidence building habit is something that makes you feel strong physically and that transfers into mental confidence as well. For me, this used to be getting up early and going for a run, really doing my best to make this habit a habit and become it. Now, like I shared, it became a part of who I am, part of my identity. I've been doing it for nine years, not every day, but I've been doing it for nine years. So that's challenge. Like this absolute first step of building confidence is a confidence building habit. And if you are more confident if you're not super super anxious the way to really overcome social anxiety is what we call exposure therapy you expose yourself to being judged you expose yourself to rejection and there's way multiple ways that you can do this i can one one of the ways that i can recommend is make yourself a free hug sign and go stand in the in public with the free hug sign that's an amazing experience in and of itself. You're going to overcome your fear and you're going to meet amazing people. And there's a very high chance that you're going to get like a really long hug and someone sharing what that something hard that they've been going through. And thank you so much. I really needed the hug. It's a wonderful experience for human connection as well. So I can recommend that. And if you don't feel too comfortable with doing anything in public in particular, pick up your phone and go live on social, on Facebook, go live on Instagram. If you've never done it, perfect go live for the first time and just share who you are what you're doing why you're going live and maybe what are your goals or share some story don't overthink it but do it as a reason to challenge yourself and step outside of your comfort zone so those are some of the things that i would recommend depending on how comfortable you feel if you feel super super comfortable and you already have a habit good habits which I believe if there's a lot of uh, there's entrepreneurs listening, you're already familiar with habits and you've been speaking to people before. So going live might be the better option. But if you've already been making videos and you've gone live before and you want to take it to the next level, free hugs is the way to go. So depending on your level, where you are in life right now, choose one of these. And it always has to be like a little bit outside of your comfort zone. But if it's your comfort zone, it's not going to help. But if it's too far, it's going to push you too over the edge. If you go out into public and you are like very anxious and you get rejected three times, then it's going to send you even worse state. So I don't recommend that. That's why I recommend with starting with habit. Thank you so much, Andra. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure to check the show notes page for this episode where we find Andra and how to connect with him. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoy recording it. And if you find it useful, make sure to share with your peers and subscribe to your favorite podcast station to not miss the next one. We have lots of exciting guests and surprising coming up. This is your host, Gemma Rushka with the Nomad Entrepreneur Show. And until next week, Pura Vida!